This is the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Hello, small steppers. How you guys doing, huh? Everybody doing okay? If you're just joining me, uh, you don't have to answer that yet. You don't have to answer that until you've heard this podcast, and then you'll be like, yeah, I'm not okay. And I'll be like, that's, hey, you know what? To each his own. Or you'll be like, yes, I'm okay, and uh, we're moving on. This has been um, easily in the top 216th uh, of my openings, uh, definitely, and this is episode 217. So do the math on that one. You guys, I'm glad you're here. Look, for better or for worse, we're in this together today for this hour, um, unless you've already shut it off and you've just even pulled that little safety cord on your treadmill that, that nobody clips to their body. Nobody clips that thing. They might as well take it off. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's, I know it's a liability, a lawsuit issue, but you might as well just leave that little fancy cord that you're supposed to clip to your shorts. And if you fall off your treadmill, it pulls the little thing and shuts the treadmill down. Raise show of hands who clips that to themselves. That's exactly what I thought. It's exactly what I thought. Winner of that round, Sid Garza Hillman. You guys, I'm glad you're here. I really am. And why? is because um, I would be doing this in a very odd way if you weren't here. And so that's number one. Number two, I hope that you're here because you are at least entertaining the ideas that I present in this podcast, the the concepts and 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 my sort of odd at times look way of looking at things, nay, nay nutty nut nut way of looking at things um, in an effort to help you live better. That's essentially what's going on here. I mean, that is my goal. Uh, if you live better and you live more on your terms and more in line with who you are, well, I win, but we all win. You win, I win, we all win. World's a better place. If the world's a better place, then I'm a happy person. If I'm a happy person, then my family's happier. See, see the math on that? See how it kind of bleeds into everything we do, how well we treat ourselves, how that affects virtually everybody. And it's sometimes farther reaching than even we want to even admit. That's how... You know, that's how that goes. And um, yeah, so what do I do here? I, I build, I, I, I try to help you improve your baseline. I've said it recently in the last you know, few months. This is a baseline uh, podcast where I'm helping people live better day to day. This is not the elite uh, runner podcast. This is not the uh, militant, uh, perfect diet eater podcast. This is an elite living person. This is people living an elite life. And what that means is that they are understanding this very, very crucial point that living a good, happy life is multifaceted. And oftentimes it means not putting all of your, in fact, I would say most times, it means not putting all of your eggs in one basket. I think that if we devote all or overwhelmingly most of our energy into one area, uh, it's a recipe for disaster in, in most cases. And what's interesting for me as a, as a health coach, small steps coach, which is what I'm more specifically doing, I'm noticing uh, that more and more. And I'm actually, as in the healthy realm, noticing that in specifically in the food realm, which is troubling at best, you know, just too much time and effort uh, and attention to food. Too much, too much, too much learning. We know more than we've ever known. It's not helping us get healthier. We're spending more time. We're reading more books and just not stopping and going, yeah, I got this. It's fine. I know enough. I know enough. Now I got to live my life. But that's a kind of a rough thing sometimes because when it comes to the point where we go, I should live my life, if there's not, if we can't follow that up with what that means, 
then man, we're going to go right back to the safety of I better, I better, no, I'm not going to live yet. I'm not going to live yet. I'm just going to learn more about, I need to know more about protein. If I don't memorize these nine essential amino acids and just know exactly what their biochemical makeup is, I can't get out of bed tomorrow morning. I've got to know those things. Those are very, very important to my life. If you don't have an idea of what to fill in your life with when you decide at some point or with my help, ideally, I kind of, I don't do it for you, but I, more on that later in this episode, but just so go, go down there. See there over there. Yeah. Do that. Go down there. And you decide to go down there and you go, yeah, all right, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to stop reading about freaking phenylalanine and I'm going to go, I'm going to go, okay, now I'm going to live my life. And then you kind of come out and you go, what, what? It's like that thing where, you know, of course, I'm in this the filter of, of, of parenting and healthy families because of my new book, Raising Healthy Parents, by the way, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. The by the way is not part of the title. Raising Healthy Parents, by the way, uh, that would be catchy. Um, but, but it's like when, you, when your kids all, hypothetically, because I'm not there yet, but I'm just saying I can see how sometimes parents, when they're children who make up, you know, sometimes the entirety of their lives for the, for the time that their children are in, uh, in the home, and then the kids leave to go off to college or to go work, and they live, they leave the house, and all of a sudden, the parents are like, their relationship isn't so good because they haven't really attended to that. They don't have much to do. They don't know what to do with their lives because they haven't really attended to that thing. Uh, that's a sad state of affairs. And I think it's a sad state of affairs because I think it, it also doesn't do uh, right by the children having, you know, having that happen, having sort of being in, in, being in that context, in that household. Um, I think it's an imbalance. I think you're putting all of your eggs, like I started this episode by saying, putting all of your stuff into your, into your kids. <clears throat> I think your intentions are true and your intentions are great. Uh, I'm going to question your implementation. I'm going to say, to do best by your kids means not giving yourself up in in the mix, not giving away your power and your happiness, not handing that over to what you think is the right thing to do, but understanding the right thing to do is first and foremost treating yourself well. This is a podcast of self-care. This is a podcast of what that means. What does it actually mean to treat yourself well? Um, that's a big question, and it's not as it's not as easy easily answered as you think what really self-care is because it takes into account ideas of perfection and failure and, 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 you know, bringing, I'll get into my small steps approach later, but, you know, decreasing certain small steps for the, for the, for the good of treating yourself, whether it's a very complex and nuanced subject, it's not as easy as just, you know, go on a walk. It's, it's, it's big, it's a big thing. It's a big question. And I think it's worth asking and kind of living with day to day. Um, so yeah. And, uh, so, you know, more about this podcast real quick. I don't sell easy. I sell easier. I don't tell you that's easy to, to achieve and maintain a healthy and happy life. Uh, I don't think it's achievable in the sense of like, okay, here I am. Um, but I do think it's, it's e- more simple than it needs to be. I think you can make the process easier. And by the process, I mean the whole rest of your life, the practice, I think you can make that easier if you, understand what it really takes to, like I talked about in depth last week of, of, you know, wedging your way in onto these very, very hard, fast routines that make up the bulk of our lives to, to bring in new things. If you understand that dynamic and how, how, how very difficult that is, um, in a, in a kind of, you know, weird way, um, 
I, I launched, if you're just joining me, if, you're, if you've been here before, you know this, but if you're just joining me, I launched a, a new company a few months ago called smallsteppers.com where you, it's a perfect adjunct to this podcast, by the way. The people who are in that program are digging the fact that they've also got the podcast um, weekly too. So it's a really good thing. Um, but it's a very in-depth, you know, 12-week, you know, really getting the nuances and, the, and, the, and the, the finer points of my small steps approach and, and, and carrying you through. Um, that program. And so by the time the 12 weeks are up, you're living as a small stepper. In fact, I just had to, um, had to, I did a live Q and A and, and people are in the program and, and they're like, you know, um, and they're, and they're starting to, to talk about results. And, and this is a, again, why this is a, a deeper subject than just one podcast episode, right? Cause they, they sort of understand that they're learning my process. They're learning my approach. And yet they're sort of, what about the results kinds of things? And I'm saying two things. One, uh, results are first and foremost internal before they're external. They are learning how to to get your ducks in a row in mentally, to get your mindset in the right place to then execute whatever changes you want in the external world. And that goes for the food you eat and how you move your body and everything else. Um, and so once you get your day, so the results you, you get um, right out of the shoot are the way that you think and the way that you consider and the, how aware you are of your patterns and, and the parts of you that are not in line with who you are. Um, but the second more important point I make is that the, the 12 weeks you're in the system and the program isn't really about particularly getting any kind of external resort, result or even really an internal result. It is learning the system. And what I keep having to remind members is you're in this 12 weeks and you're making time to learn this program. Essentially, you're in a class, you're in medical school and you want to be practicing as a doctor. You're not there yet. Learn how to do that. Then when you're done, you've got all this free time because you made all this time to go through the program. And then when you're done, you've got this free time, just literally free time because you had it allocated and now it's empty. And it's not much in this program. I crafted it specifically to make it that way. But it is, you have now all of a sudden time that you had that you had allocated before and you don't now. And now you can, okay, now I'm going to live as a small stepper. How did I start this episode off? At what point do you know enough to go live your life? And if living your life isn't quite happening the way that you want it to, then maybe it's time for you to learn a little more and then get back to the business of living your life. And so it's not like you shut off your 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 openness to new knowledge. It's not that at all. It's just I think when you understand and you live as a small stepper, you're more aware when you know enough. And I think that's a very powerful thing to be like, yeah, I this is a distraction for me. Like I don't really need to be doing this right now. I could be going and living my life. And probably deep down, I know that what I'd rather be doing is painting. And the fact that I'm not painting means there's probably some things at play here and I've just been distracting myself. So maybe I bring into question what painting actually is for me, how much time it takes, what it takes, you know, equipment wise, and maybe redefine those things to begin the process of bringing that back into my life. And as a small stepper, that's what you do. And that might just mean 30 seconds of sketching with a pencil on a notepad. Um, And that's your foray into painting, much like doing five squats a day is your foray into uh, running. And it's an actually a natural progression when you actually engage in that process. It's kind of a cool thing. People do end up doing weird, seemingly unrelated stuff when they just engage on some level uh, in, in their lives. And it's, uh, I've seen it a thousand times. And it's, and it's super cool. You know, like, well, I didn't see that coming. How great, how exciting it is to begin a process 
of bringing in more joy into your life and then just because you're just in the practice of I'm just trying to make myself happy here, how much opens up for you, how much actually occurs. Um, more on that in this episode because oftentimes we we do get in this sort of um, when we begin to live healthier and happier, we can, if we haven't done the, the mindset work uh, of this podcast uh, and, and smallsteppers.com, if we haven't done that, we will, we can fall into a restrictive like, well, now I'm going to have to, I have to give up to, 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 to do this. And, and I think that that's a recipe for disaster too. So I teach you the very tools to allow you to avoid that. Super cool, right? Okay, cool. Mm. Mm. Now, what I'm having right now, in case you're asking, and you are asking, I can hear you right now. And you really, seriously, I was joking before, but attach that little rope to your, to your shorts, will you? Because I'd hate to be responsible even partially for you falling off that treadmill and not having it shut off automatically. Okay, I've got some exciting info coming here, and it could literally knock your socks off, and if your socks come off on the treadmill, that's gonna be horrible, and you're gonna fall, and the treadmill's gonna keep running because you didn't attach the string that I don't actually even know works, and nobody knows works because nobody uses a damn thing. Um, my YouTube channel uh, is rolling. I, what? Yeah, subscribe to it. Um, I will tell you, if you're listening to this episode pretty close to the launching of this episode, um, I'm doing a t-shirt giveaway. Yeah, you say, yeah, it's so the, the video title, cause you may want to, you know, make notes on this cause it's very subtle. It's called t-shirt giveaway, I think. Yeah. And then I also talk about my favorite drugs. And so it's a, yeah, it's that kind of video, you guys, it's that kind of video. But if you're listening to this soon, you know, pretty close to the launching of this episode, go to YouTube, Go to my most recent video, my favorite drugs slash t-shirt giveaway-ish. Comment on the video, and I'm going to randomly choose one of the comments and send uh, that person a shirt, no matter where they live in the world. Isn't that amazing? Only my luck will it be like, John Jacobs in Antarctica. I'll be like, son of a $80 first-class shipping. Man, that was a bad decision on my part. Uh, but random's random. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No offense, John Jacobs. Uh, I have no, I'm not against you for living on an arc. I think it's great. I just don't think you're going to be using a nutty nut nut shirt while you're up there uh, or down there. What? Yeah, whatever. Look, I'm not a freaking cartographer. I've said it before. I will be at the sanctuary. My next thing is Sanctuary Bistro, December 10th. And, um, you know, Arizona, South, I'll put all these in the show notes. I'm getting super bored of these kind of things. I have to make one correction, though, however, because this was kind of funny. To, to me, um, I announced last week and maybe two weeks ago, I don't know. I, it looks like I'm doing Nashville. I think that's April 7th. And then I'm doing Wilmington, April 14th. Now, here's what happened. So I announced Wilmington, Kentucky, and I go Wilmington, Kentucky. It's great, Wilmington, Kentucky. And I get an email from a podcast listener who I've gotten to know uh, who goes, uh, so is it Wilmington, Kentucky you're going to? Uh, when is that going on? I said, well, I think that's uh, April 14th. Um, then I get an email from a podcast listener. I don't know where he is. And he says, "Where's I looked up Bloomington and there's no, I can't tell Bloomington, Kentucky anywhere. There's a Bloomington, Indiana. So I go, no, no, I didn't say Bloomington. I said Wilmington. And I went back and listened. I did, but I, you know, I slur, whatever. I'm, I'm loaded half the time I do these episodes. I, mean, I can't even believe I speak English. Um, and so, so, so I kind of let him know that, but then I, around that time I had been in touch with the organizers. It's not Wilmington, Kentucky. It's Wilmington, North Carolina. 
Um, did that knock your socks off? Yeah, anyway. So Nashville, April 7th. Then it looks like I'm getting on an airplane from Nashville, flying to Raleigh, North Carolina, and driving to Wilmington, North Carolina for that veg fest, I think April 14th. Okay, so can we can I get this straight? Nashville, Wilmington, North Carolina. Apologies, Wilmington, Kentucky. Apologies, Bloomington, Indiana. Ain't that America? Did you get that reference? John Mellencamp, Indiana? No? Okay. Um, what else? So yeah, so that's that. And then I'm in New York in uh, May. That's do 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 onwards and upwards. I got a question about the mop the most of the time. If you're just joining me, go back and listen to old episodes for a whole host of reasons. I do revisit stuff, but you know, uh, you can get caught up big time. Just like I always say, binge away. Um, somebody said, well, like, what is a mot? Like, what is mot to you? Like, is it, you know, 51% of the time? Is it 74% of the time? Um, and, and so I will answer that question here. And I also am going to talk about anemia. Did you, did you see that? Did that knock your socks off? That segue? Really? No? Mot to anemia? Hmm. Interesting. You're like, you're like solid. You're stoic even. Um, the per- there is no percentage of mod. What I said in, in the live Q&A for smallsteppers.com, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll share just with you guys what's going on in the program because these questions are freaking awesome. A um, couple things. One is I've never considered a percentage, and two, I certainly don't want anybody else considering a percentage. I liken it to somebody going, is that a balanced meal? And I always go, well, what does that mean? Well, it's 40% protein and carbohydrate, 30% fat, and 30% protein. And I go, okay, so you're every time you sit down, you're running that stuff through uh, a machine that I c- couldn't even tell you about that's going to tell you that exactly that what you're eating right now is 40%, 30%, 30%. Live your freaking life, okay? Balanced meal, antiquated. It's, it's, it's anachronistic. It doesn't exist in today's age. It's, 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 it's completely irrelevant to, to, to eating. Okay, just want you to know that. Don't don't think about a balanced meal. Okay, eat real food, and you're gonna get a nice old mix. It's gonna change depending on the food, and your body knows exactly what to do with that stuff, man. If you put this the approaching the natural, I never mentioned the fact that this is called the approaching natural podcast. But as your as your and why as your food, everything about your life approaches. Don't go all the way there because you can't in the modern world. I'm just saying approaches what's most natural and that goes for food too the closer the food gets to what it to its natural state the healthier it is and the healthier it is the more your body understands it and can utilize it more efficiently it's not freaking brain surgery you eat stuff that your body understands it knows what to do it just goes thank you for having faith in me for crying out loud how about don't micromanage me i got this worried i got worried i got this figured out I got this figured out. You are freaking out about stuff, but you'd feed me the good stuff. I'll take care of that and I'll make it so that you can do better by whatever you're freaking out about. Huh? Body's like, yeah, got you covered. If we have it covered, right? Okay. So back to the mod. I don't want you thinking about percentages because then you're going to be doing math. You're going to be doing, okay, so let me see. I move my body. Okay, so on Monday... I move my body for 14 minutes and okay, so then on Tuesday and it's like, and then you've spent half a day on Saturday assessing the percentage of your most of the time, how much, how often you freaking moved your body. In five seconds, you have a general idea. Did I move my body more often than not this week? Did I, did I exercise most days? Um, if your exercise step is five squats, then that's going to be, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, there was actually, oh, I think I missed Thursday. Okay, well, yeah, I, most days I got it. Cool, moving on. 
what do you want to do? What do you want to do today? I got a whole day free that I'm not thinking and laboring over a, a percentage of my mod. Again, some of these concepts, and nay, all of them, are in a sense to ease things up for you to 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 remind you that you are in charge of your life and let's not get mired in data gathering. I know it's fun for people to count their steps. And like I always say, if, it, if you dig it, it's great. Couldn't be less necessary. Couldn't be less necessary. In the beginning, maybe it gets you going and that's a good motivation and that's fantastic. Small steppers are very well equipped to know when it is like, okay, this is kind of laborious now. Like this is not serving me and I've kind of plateaued here for a while here. So I'm going to shake things up and I'm going to, you know, kind of move things along. And if it's not steps, I'm going to do some squats and some push-ups, and go for a run without a watch on so I can deep breathe and think about stuff and go with a buddy and talk to that person and not worry about, you know, all that kind of stuff. Listen, I get mired in that stuff. I have, and you know, in Strava and I love Strava, I still a huge fan, but I haven't uploaded in a while because it's just, I've been super busy and it's like, that does not necessarily feed me. I love the community of Strava. And when I'm on there, I give people those thumbs up and I think it's great. I love it, but it's not a have to for me. It really, really isn't. And I, I dig it. And when I have time and, and I'm going to start ramping up my training um, in the next few weeks, actually, because guess what I got coming up? I got my own race, the Mendocino Coast 50K in April, and I always run the whole course the day before. Well, I'm not equipped to do that right now. Mitch, period. Mm. I can go for a six, seven, eight mile run. No problem. I could do that. I'm just saying 31 miles on trails with hills, I could maybe get through it in a way that it was painful. I'll just put it that way. And by the way, if you're stressed out because the race opened and sold out within three days and um, you wanted to run it, uh, stress not yet, but I would get on the mailing, uh, the mailing list. I would get on the wait list definitely sooner than later because it's the wait list is already filling up. I'm, I'm oversold already by over 20 people registered. Then I've got another 12 or 14 on the wait list. Um, and so it's early and people will drop out and they'll cancel and whatnot. But but just don't wait, okay? But I, but you have nothing to lose by getting on the wait list. I'm just telling you right now. You have nothing to lose. You don't get charged. Get in there. If there's space opens up, you'll get an invitation from Ultra Sign Up and you can say, yes, I want to join. And at that point, you will get charged or you say, no, I don't want to join and moving on, no charge. Got it? So you have nothing to lose, but I would get on there sooner than later, okay? I would love to accommodate everybody who wants to run the race, but it is a cap of 150, and it's a cap that I could maybe grow, but I got to tell you, because I'm a small stepper, this is not my full-time job, race directing, and I want it to fit into my life and not take over my life, and that is a manageable number. I already already know from the first two years that I ran it, that I ran the race, where I sold out both years, and, and I was like, this is about as much as I'm going to take on. Like, I don't want to do more. I just knew it right away. I was like, this is a fun day stressful but not crazy stressful i can handle this 50 more people no 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 dig okay good uh back to treating ourselves well um i was thinking about this and this is definitely hits home for me because there was a point where like you know you guys know if you've listened to me before i talk about my dial back day um and today i had one didn't eat anything until 5 30 just uh, I had my I had espresso at like 11 a.m. a single less way less co- caffeine than a cup of coffee. Just FYI, I had another single espresso at two. Otherwise, I had about four liters of water. 
um, until about 5.30. That's all I had. Great day. Felt fantastic. Ate a little bit more on the weekends that, you know, than this last weekend that I generally do. It was no big deal, but I just found myself. So I was like, okay, this is going to feel great. And it did. Um, the idea of the dial back day, of course, is to reset your clock to kind of, you know, break that routine. That's to me, it's like um, the breaking of the routine is, is, is that moment where, where we get the time to think. I mean, that, that's the kind of the, um, the whole small steppers thing is, is bringing in new actions in minimal ways, but they do break up your routine in a way that allows for thought and consideration. I just, uh, one of the members of the, of smallsteppers.com was like, I just noticed how much not me is, is, is part of my life. And that's the me, not me game. If you're just joining me, go back and listen to old episodes. Um, and I said, and they were sort of discouraged about that. And I said, that's incredible information. Like that's exactly what you want to know because two things are happening. One is because you're learning how to be a small stepper, it, it, be a small stepper. You're not beating yourself up about that. It's an, I'm noticing this. And furthermore, even more importantly, you're now very much honing in on who is you. A question we rarely ask, like, who am I? What, what, who am I really? Because we're, of course, defining ourselves by what we do every day instead of what we stand for and maybe aren't doing. But that doesn't make it not us. It just makes us, it makes it that we're not living life on our terms. Hence, this practice of getting you closer to that, that whole deal. Um, and, but, but you find those moments of awareness and you find those moments of consideration by breaking up in minimal ways, but breaking up those routines, break, building in moments of, of thought essentially into your life day to day that sometimes days go by and we, we're so busy with everything, we, we may not think about the bigger questions and that makes total sense. I'm busy too. Um, I think we're better for it and I think we, we, we're better when we can f- value the moments as they, uh, because they are supremely valuable, we're just not sold that. In the marketplace, I'm selling to you here for free. Um, anyway, so so back to the sort of dial back date. In the past, what's kind of I've had this. I've definitely had this with me where I'll be like before the dial back date. Actually, is be like I'd eat really well during the week, and then and then and so I eat really well during the big, you know big salads and ton of fruit, all these kinds of things. And then on weekends, I would sort of go like, okay, now I ate really well this week, so now freaking game on. Now I'm just gonna like eat whatever. And what I found was it was in a regimented way that was not helping me. And here's why, because what I would do is I'd say uh, Saturday and Sunday would kind of, kind of be rolling. And I would be thinking, Oh, tomorrow, Monday, I got to start eating well again. So I'm not hungry right now, but I better like just eat another something that's not healthy because tomorrow I can't. And what I realized was a couple things. One is now all of a sudden that plan that I started is now in charge of me. And 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 I'll say three things. And the second thing is I'm doing things that are even more anti who I am because I'm going like, I guess I'll have another beer because I'm not going to have a beer tomorrow. So I might as well have one now. But I was losing touch with, I don't really feel like a beer. But I felt like oh, if I don't have it now, I don't get to have it. Again, not in charge. But the but the most important thing is that what I'm what I want to get across to you guys today is this idea that when you eat well during the week that that's not a benefit to you that's a, that 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 that's somehow not treating yourself well that we look at those things sometimes as um, suffering and so I endured the suffering and so therefore. I'm going to just let loose and just binge on junk food because I endured the suffering. But I actually think there's a a, a better 
way to look at that, which is that treating ourselves well is, it incorporates multiple models. And I think when we acknowledge the different ways that we can treat ourselves well, then there's not a, 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 a sort of a blowback from one to the other like there was for me, like eat well during the week and then just go way overboard, not in a way that I even wanted to. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like, this is amazing. It was more like, I better have one more bowl of cereal because it's nine o'clock on Sunday and tomorrow is my dial back day or tomorrow I start my week of eating well. So, you know, then I, now I, tomorrow I can't have it. Um, I think that that's a restrictive way of looking at things for me. And I find people doing that like, well, I'm going to exercise. And because I exercised, I earned, you know, junk food at lunch. I earned, you know, not so healthy food for dinner. And I think we're missing the reality, which is eating, you know, eating healthy food, moving our bodies is one way of treating ourselves well. Having treat food that's not quite as healthy is another way of treating ourselves well. But there, but we're all looking for that. The, the, the My favorite drugs video that I just posted this morning is... We're all looking for the high. We're all looking for the joy. We all want that hit. And I kind of just halfway joking, but not really. I mean, the drug of being with my family. I mean, I get high. From- I just want to look at it this way in a way. And I want you guys to entertain this too. It's like healthy eating for me is a drug. Running is a drug. This podcast is a drug. My YouTube videos are a drug. Eating eating well, I think I already said that. Um, these are drugs. Uh, they are things that I do to... To give me to get me to get me and sustain me as long as possible in a high. Um, to say to think that that moving my body is somehow this torturous thing that I've survived and therefore because I ran this morning I can now binge and somehow that's a wash. It doesn't work for me, and it's never worked for any of the clients I've ever worked with. I'll just put it that way. Um, that you know, the walk. If you look at the walk you took in the morning, as well, that was pretty great. Um, and now I'm going to continue treating myself really well by having a really good meal, also for lunch and dinner today. And then this weekend, maybe if I'm out with friends, I'll have something a little less than healthy. But that's all treating myself well too, because I'm at a restaurant and I'm with friends, and it's more of a social thing. And that's the one-off, and that's where you know, of course, your mot comes into play. And I think what it does is even things out quite a bit. Um, but there's definitely that mentality with people where it's like, I went for a run this morning, and therefore I can drink a six-pack of beer because I somehow earned it because I really put in the crappy work. And I don't think that that's 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 a healthy way of looking at it. I think that understanding that all the things you do to to make yourself feel better, to make your life uh, work better for you, are positive things. Are treating yourself. They're not. There's work associated to all those things, and that's why, of course, I always tell you guys, I'm training you guys to get used to and to to thrive and to value the hard work of this process. Because when you understand that, then you go like, yeah, I took a run, and uh, it was hard, awesome, but that doesn't mean that I somehow you know owe myself a reward. The reward is that I went out for a run. The reward was that I ate a healthy meal. I re- the reward and the act are one and the same. I don't go well. This therefore this, and sometimes that again that sometimes that reward is going to be not going for a run and hanging out on the couch and watching a movie. Again, that's up to you guys to decide where those things fit in and what levels and and where they go and what your most of the time is and if it's feeding you well, if it's making your life better. If it doesn't, you have a workaround, which is that you're a small stepper, and you can then bring into the things that that will balance th- your life out in a way that that 
does fix that issue for you. Um, I just think it's a good idea to reconsider what treating ourselves well really looks like and, and, and really do understand it incorporates multiple models. Um, if you go into the healthy habits that you're doing as restrictive and that something you have to labor through, two things, probably you're doing too much and it's not a small step for you. Um, it's causing you stress, um, or two, you're going to be plugging through it and, and in a very restrictive way that you're looking at it, even if you can pull it off most days. If in your head it's restrictive, um, probably you're going to build up enough restriction that you're going to blow. And when you blow, you're going to go swing wide the other way. And that's often kind of what diets do is you go, you sort of go into that world so much, the blowback is massive, which is that, you know, people don't, people don't, just gain the weight back. Oftentimes they gain even more weight um, than they lost in the process of a diet because they've, you know, this shame of, of somehow failing, which I always say you're never set up to succeed anyway, um, is great. And you, you just, it, the whole thing piles on top of itself and you swing really wide the other way. And I'm trying to minimize that swing so much. I'm trying to sort of over, um, even it out as much as, as possible. Um, so just it's something to think about this week as I often you know throw things out to you guys to kind of consider are there things that you do where you go well but see I did this healthy habit and it's kind of you know because it's a healthy habit it's restrictive and it's crappy but I push through it and therefore because I push through it I'm now going to do this supremely unhealthy thing but that's but it may not be who you are and I think it's good to look at it and even if you just do it keep doing it for a while I think it's good to get the information of saying like yeah I find myself binging after I exercise and that's not really who I am the exercise really is and I recognize now that exercise is also a treat it's like I'm treating myself I'm not pushing through this thing I'm, it's like amazing that I can move my body and get out in the world and all that kind of stuff I mean I'm almost 49 and and Rare does a day go by that I'm not thankful that I'm still mobile in the way that I'm mobile, um, that I'm strong in, in my body and I can hang out with my kids and I can, you know, pick them up and, you know, all those kinds of things. It's like I'm active. I can do stuff. And I there's a value that for that for me and the, the work that I do on myself in terms of running and eating well is work, of course, but it's great work. It's great work and I enjoy it. And it's and it's and it's and I'm treating myself. I see it as treating myself well, really, really well. And I don't think I need to now, because I do those things, deserve way less healthy stuff on occasion because I got through that stuff. I've really turned that around for the most part in my own life and with my clients too over time to look at all those things as self-treatment, uh, self-care. Dig? Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you dug. Um, and I really want you to listen to what I'm about to say and do exactly as I tell you, okay, take these notes. I want you to do exactly what I tell you to do. Sometimes I tell you about ideas. Sometimes I tell you about framework and a way to sort of approach your life as a small stepper. And I've often said, like, I'm not going to tell you the actual steps to put on your list. I'm just going to sort of show you the framework. But right now, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do and exactly what steps to do. And I want you to do them because... I'm a podcaster and I wield an incredible amount of power. I'm also a YouTuber and you guys know what that means. I mean, that's massive. I can I can mobilize just tens and tens of people and ju just and just get things done. For me, I could literally just be like 90% of podcasters be at my house tomorrow, wash my minivan and somehow hammer out the dent in the front left over the front left wheel, I can make that happen because of the power that I yield mm. or wield, depending on if you want to, you know, speak correctly and stuff. Um, 
Am I joking? Of course I'm joking. If you've been here before, you know exactly what I'm where I'm getting at this. And if you're just joining me, you've probably turned it off already. Um, the title of this week's episode is The Prophet of the Prophet. Clever, don't wouldn't you say? Um, the Prophet of the Prophet. And um, it just made me think of a Frank Black song where he goes, I, I've seen I've watched seen the prophets of the profiteers. I don't know how that's related. Uh, I'm gonna weigh in a little bit on the whole craziness um, that is happening. And it's actually, it's kind of, um, I have a lot to think about with Lisa and I have been having almost daily conversations about this. And what I'm referring to is sexual, the whole sexual harassment stuff that's going on. Um, It's like this incredible, I don't know why, if it's the political climate in the United States that is sort of spurning, spurring this you know, kind of rebound of people going like, we're done here. Like, we're not doing this anymore. And and it's in kind of an incredible uh, revolution that's going on. Um, I think we'll look back on this time, I really do, and say this was kind of a mind blower that this was occurring the way that it is occurring. Um, of course, this is the stuff that gets me high. You know, like I'm from day one of this podcast, I, I've I've said I'm not giving power to anybody. I'm not teaching anybody to be powerful. I'm I'm hopefully playing a part in awakening the power you already have in you. Um, this idea of power play, of of handing your power to somebody or allowing your dignity and power to be taken by somebody else is right in right in the arena for me. It is it is what a small stepper does is is act to the betterment of their lives to empower themselves to build and create a life that they want to live. This is totally related to the work that I do as I see it. Um, but the prophet of the prophet is is this I've referred to it before in this podcast is the guru problem. This this idea that we 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 all we can easily lose the separation between an individual's ideas and the individual him or herself. And that, that means that we can listen to somebody and say, well, those are really good ideas. I'm going to incorporate those ideas. I'm going to use them in my life and I'm going to, you know, take them and, and, and make them my own versus uh, these ideas are intimately related to the person. So screw the ideas. I'm just going to go ahead and toss those out and just kind of be all about the person. Um, and I think that that's pretty obviously um, antithetical to my message, which is um, take my ideas. I've, I've said a thousand times, I'm not a guru. I don't want to be in that position because um, it's just not at all what I teach. So if, if you are following me, Sid, and doing, uh, you know, no matter what, Sid, and, and this kind of thing, that that's not a healthy thing for you. And it certainly means that I'm failing in my message to you, which is, um, I'm glad you're hanging out with me and listening to what I have to say, but ultimately, um, I want you always to understand where the part I play in your life, which is um, maybe provide a perspective that's interesting to you in much the same way that a good book is. Um, but that, and, and of course, living in an example for me is first and foremost. I mean, I do to work on that for me, like to to live an example this way. But truly, you don't know. I mean, this is the fact. Like you. You know, I present in this podcast, I present in my YouTube videos, um, but there there could be realities about me that you have no idea about, that, that you would be like, holy crap, I don't even want you to ask, I don't even want you to look, I don't even want you to care. If the ideas that I talk about work for you, great, and, and, I, and, and ideal, right? 
Um, and I, rem- I was remembering in thinking about this whole thing, and I was remembering in college, I was at UCLA and I had this um, girlfriend, not, not a girlfriend, but like a girlfriend um, named Alex. And, and she had a total crush on this actor who was in uh, Room with a View. I think, I, I can't remember his name, Julian something or other. Good actor and, and uh, great actor actually. And he was speaking at Ackerman Union at UCLA. He was speaking in the student union. And and so she goes, come come with me. I gotta see this guy because she had this idea of of um, what this guy was like based on his characters and and who he was in this movie. And so we went to to Ackerman Union and we're stand, we're sitting there in a full house, this huge room. And he comes on stage and and speaks. And he's just I don't know how else to say it. But not the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay, just not the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't know how else to say it. I don't have an opinion about that guy. I'm just going, Jiminy Christmas. And I'm like being respectful because I know she's like thinks this guy's all that in a bag of chips. So I'm kind of hanging back. She was so let down. She was so disappointed. Why? Because in her mind, she had crafted a narrative and a narrative was based on words that somebody else had written and He's a great actor, and it's not that he's able to do that, but she wanted him personally to be the ideal that she had crafted based on the characters that he played. If you think this is unrelated to gurus and you know somehow spiritual leaders and even politicians and even uh, leaders in any fashion, you got another thing coming. Sometimes we we associate the ideas of those people, and we we cannot believe that those people are not a hundred percent what those things are. Now, in this podcast, I will be honest. I try to be trans transparent. I am not trying. I am transparent about my uh, shortfalls, shortcomings, because. I'm in my own practice, and I want people to be clear. There's no end game in small stepping. It is a way to live. I've been very clear about the things that I struggle with, militancy being one of them, irritability, walking in the door, not being present with my children, things that are, in a sense, painful for me to 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 face, but at the same time, uh, I've gotten better about saying good good information because now I can because now I have tools via my small, my own small steps, my own approach, but the fact that I'm incorporating it to have to provide workarounds for that, which I have been very good at, but it's a process. I'm not there yet. It may never be, um, but it's a process. Um, but this whole idea of of kind of this the prophet of the prophet, of course, is this idea of associating the the people, and I think. Part of it is that I worked in in Hollywood for ten years. I made myself, I made my living as an actor. Okay, I wasn't. Super, I wasn't famous, but I worked. I was a, actually a working actor for real. You can look me up. It's not a joke. I don't really. T- I don't list my f- movies, but I did them. Um, I worked, and what it means is that I understood pretty quickly kind of what a crappy business that is, and I knew it back then. And I would talk about it with Lisa um, even back then because in in our in our drive to be, and I know that this is all occurring like in the political realm and everything. The whole sexual harassment thing is like different people, but there's definitely the model of the Hollywood kind of organization is a pretty good example of how this can easily happen. And, and I think the thing is, is this is like, um, when your idea of happiness is associated with something external to you, like a job in a movie, you can very easily be in a position or put yourself in a position where you are giving your own dignity and power away or or at least finding yourself on shaky ground not clear enough on where you stand um it's i'm in no way ever going to say that this was the fault of the people who were abused not in a long shot what i am saying is that i have a daughter who's 13 
and I am scared to death th- uh, that she understands um, very clearly that there is never going to be a job that you would ever want that is worth uh, selling out. And I remember reading recently a, an article about one of the guys that's a, that's accused of this. I think his last name's Toback. He's a, it's public. I'm not giving anything away. An article. And the actress who was in the position, she said, the quote was, it's about the job. It's, you know, you want the next job. And I, first of all, was totally commending her on that kind of level of honesty because this isn't about women or men. This is about an industry where it is the personal relationships a lot of time times that that move you to what you think you want. When I think that you may not want that stuff, and 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 we are often surprised that somebody who has everything is unhappy because they don't have everything. What they don't have is the core. What they have is the money and the fame and the jobs, but they don't have the core, which is the self confidence and self worth, a sense of self esteem that actually drives happiness and that says, you know what, there's a line I will not cross. That's a very difficult thing to understand, but I want, of course, my children to be as equipped as possible to avoid that situation as much as possible. We have all compromised, guaranteed. It is never black and white, and sometimes it's so like in the moment, you're not even sure where you stand on it. And I think that, and and sometimes you can do something and later go, whoa, that was totally did not feel good. Um, you can kind of find that out later. Again, how we react to those things, how equipped we are to understand those things as fast as possible, how then we are able to learn from those things so that we minimize the chances of us being in that situation yet again. Um, it is, uh, again, we, 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 all compromise. There's times we're working in a job and we don't love the job and we sort of do it because we have other things, responsibilities and things like that. Been there. It's it's what it is. Dated. I mean, most days I'm doing stuff where I'm like, if I in an ideal world, I would not be doing this. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's important to understand at least uh, the question of, of kind of if you had all, like the difference between need and want. I guess I'll put it that way. Like, do you do you want the job or do you need the job? And there's a difference there that I think it's good to understand. If we, the question is like, if we had all the money, what jobs would we take? If we already had money, what jobs would we take? Probably we would turn down way more than we would ever take. We'd be like, no, that's what actors do when they get to the level where they're just sought after. They can pick and choose finally, but they kind of had to eat crap up until that point. And the question is, how much did they do that? Did they lose themselves in that process? That's the only question. I can't answer it for them. I just want you guys to be better at knowing, like, it's not worth it. Like, it's actually not worth it. And I'd rather do anything else but that thing. In the context of the sexual harassment thing, it is heartbreaking to me on a level that I can't even tell you um, that there are people, men and women, put in that are, find themselves in situations where somewhere deep down they know it's not right, and it and because of the situation, it's embarrassment, and then they're and they're 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 like criticized afterwards for saying stuff. I mean, it's so evil. If there's evil in the world, that's what that is to me. Um, and of course, having kids makes me um, all that much more frightened. You know that that children are taken advantage of sometimes, and they're even less equipped than adults to say like this isn't right. And they they sometimes I would say most of them have a sense that it's not right, but they're totally at a power differential. Um, you know, heartbreaking Louis C.K. You know, just like whoa, you know, and and just didn't see that coming. And I Lisa said he something came out about him like a year ago. I just didn't catch it. Um, and it's a bummer. I think he's an extremely talented uh, comedian, incredible. And I'm going, the guy's got is sick. 
And and it's just this weird thing. And when he when he issued his apology, he made a really really good point. Doesn't make him less of a of a of a person who need, is in dire need of serious uh, counseling. Um, but but the point he made was I you know I've justified it to myself by by but by this fact that I asked first to everybody that I did this to. But then I, but th- these are still him. This is still him talking, and I'm paraphrasing. But he said, "But then I realized I'm not really asking when I ask because of the power." Di- he didn't say power differential, but I'm saying that because, in other words, because he was in this prophet guru uh, leader kind of heavily admired and looked up to position. When he asks somebody that is maybe needing him or relying on him for what they think they want, which is, a, you know, a help, a, a step in the right, you know, a step up or, uh, you know, a favor or kind of, you know, getting them something that they want. Um, you're not really asking. You're not really asking in a way that somebody can objectively say, ah, no, no, thank you, because they feel beholden to you. And it's not a fair question to put somebody in that position. It's not okay to ask somebody, hey, would you do this for me? When clearly they're going to say yes because of the position you're in versus the position they're in. It's not an appropriate question to ask in the first place. I thought that was very astute. Again, I'm not justifying him. Please do not comment and say, you think he, I don't think he's good. It's disappointing to me because I had faith. Again, this is what I did with him. I kind of equated his talent with him as I, I, I saw him as having this kind of integrity in the way that he worked and the way that he crafted his life and thought, how cool, like he's really calling the shots. Um, he's not. He's got obviously got some serious power issues and weird sexual things going on that I don't want part of it at all. Um, and it's very disappointing to me that that whole thing uh, existed and that people were put in that position around him. Um, anyway, how does this relate to my own uh, approach? Uh, severely. Because... because it, couple things. One is, you know, to, to keep reminding you that I am not a prophet and a guru. Um, people ask me questions and I give them my advice and I, and I want them to understand that. And I always say like, uh, I make suggestions of, of steps in smallsteppers.com, but I'm very, always very clear to not cross that line and always very clear to make people aware of that line as it exists for me because I don't want it. I mean, I really, really don't. It's a responsibility that I don't want. I want to help people. And because I want to actually help people live their lives on their terms, it would be not helping people if I somehow wanted to make a move to become this leader. I see it, uh, you know, or sort of a guru thing. I see it in the health and happiness realm. I'm not going to name names, but there are amazingly, incredibly intelligent people who are now creating the cult of personality. Um, in such a way that people are following them, not the message. And because they're following them, there's definitely that militancy kind of putting yourself in the disadvantaged position that you are somehow less than this person. Um, Do I know things that other people don't know? Yeah, because I've chosen a, a, a focus that not everybody's chosen. So because I'm reading the things that I read, I can offer you something that maybe you don't know about. Likewise, you can offer me something about whatever you do that I don't know about. It's the trading of information here. But let's be careful that we understand that the that the facts and the message and the advice and the suggestions are separate from the individual person. And that at the point that you are in a position where you are considering yourself beholden to somebody or at somebody's mercy or that your own health and happiness are in the hands of somebody else, it's time to walk. Um, and it's time to walk big time because it's not ever, ever worth it to be in that position. 
Um, again, uh, you know, Lisa and I have talked about this probably every single day in the la- for the last you know month and a half. It's been hitting the news, but we have kids, and and it is you know part of my book. You know, the the Healthy Families book is as understanding as parents how important it is for me and Lisa personally to make sure we are healthy and happy enough to first of all create a model. And to be a model, an example for our children to see confidence and strength, that's one way to avoid putting yourself in a position of, of dependence, not independence. Um, but secondly, that we are healthy and happiness and healthy and healthy and happy enough and low stress enough that we can teach them the way that we want to teach them, that we're no we're not so self-consumed with our own stress and own irritability that we can actually converse with them in in a, in a productive, meaningful way to sort of broach these subjects in very cursorily ways. So we're not talking about particulars. They don't really know what actually happened, but we want to get them the information to say like, these are times that are on about appropriate. And when it, you know, adults, these kinds of conversations, it's all very, very troubling. I mean, it really is. It's just, it's just this crazy thing. Um, but what an incredibly inspiring thing to to see this revolution take place. Um, it's finally like social media. I'm you know, if you've been to this podcast before, you know that I'm on the social media fence very much. Most of it, I think, is is not not healthy. I, I'll, be, I'll be frank, but man, how cool it is to see this happen in social media! To see that the people who needed a voice have a voice, um, and that uh, they can go public with this kind of stuff, and that reaches a lot of people, and they can actually make a difference. It's pretty pretty incredible. Um, anyway, so uh, I guess I'll leave you here. I, I don't know if uh, I depressed anybody. I hope I didn't. Um, remember that small steps, remember that taking your life on is a small stepper, which is to say, to get clear first and foremost of who you are. Um, that means if you do find yourself compromising uh, more, more than you'd like, that in the beginning stages, it's simply to know that. And it's simply to say, you know what? No more. And it's not to say no more starting today. It's saying, I know who I am now. I want you to know that before you take step one. That's what I always say. Get your ducks in a row. Know who you are. Do the me, not me game. What is me and what is not me? Do the first task. Who who are you ideally? If you had all the money in the world, what, what, what job would you do? Well, I work this job. I work this job. I write novels. Then you take that and you say, okay, well, let me step into that. Let me start writing you know, two minutes a day in the morning. I, I'm not going to quit my job because now the, the reality of my life sets in and I've got to work this job I really don't like, but I'm getting a way out. I may never make it all the way out, but I'm, you're damn straight I'm going to start taking steps to that, to that end, whether I get there or not. I'm going to start doing that, and that builds you the life you want to live day one. It just not 100%, but it starts that process. It starts that, you become a practicing self small stepper almost on day one. But you realize who you are. And when you realize who you are and you get used to thinking about yourself in that way, you get used to the practice of considering your life in moments, taking moments in your life to remember who you are, then what you are factually doing is minimizing those times forever that you find yourself in a position of compromise that is has crossed that line. And you know that better. It's not going to mean that you're not going to have that line crossed. It's not going to mean that you're not going to fail at some point. But it means you're going to minimize those times. It means that you're going to be very crystal clear about who you are and, and really what you're not willing to give up your dignity for and you're not willing to give up your personal power for. Um, 
you, again, it's not going to be 100% success. It's just not. But I think that the practice of beginning that process is first and foremost. And uh, the world we live in is so rough and it is so nutty, nut, nut. And sometimes we want or we equate um, success with the job or we equate success with the money. And we think that that's what it is when I think that deep down we actually do know better. We just haven't spent enough time in our lives reminding ourselves of that fact. Um, and so I was talking to Lisa last night and I just was like, you know, I want my daughter Luna is 13 to know that there's never going to be a job more important than, than her, uh, her own happiness and her own dignity and her own personal power. And that I will, I'll, I'll pump gas for the rest of my life. If it means, you know, helping her avoid ever being in that position, she can just come back and live with us forever. You know, it's like one of those things I want as a parent to understand, like, I don't want anybody and I definitely don't want any of you to ever be in a position where you sell yourself out like that. And, and really what that means when you sell out is you do, that is implying a sense of you that's there that you are selling, um, that you've given that out. You've given that away. That's the me of the me, not me game. And if I have any part in minimizing those times that you, um, are giving that part of you away against your will, um, then I, then I love what I do period. Okay. So anyway, you guys are awesome. And, um, I got a really nice email today from a person in Australia and I just, I may have to move to Australia. I mean, I just keep getting nice emails from Australia and I just feel like, like if I went down there, I could definitely start a cult. Wait, what, what happened there? Joking. You guys, you guys are awesome. Listen, shoot me an email, will you? And, and, uh, if you have any questions, oh, notice I didn't do much announcements. So here they are. You could turn this off, but I am going to play a song at the end. SidGarzaHillman.com. Put your email in, address in, get a free chapter of my book, first book, Approaching the Natural. Buy my first and second book, Raising Healthy Parents. Um, anyway, thanks to everybody who's donated. I, I'm asking people to buy me a virtual cup of coffee every month, which is a, a, a dark roast, by the way, but it's not more expensive than light roast. It's just better. Uh, dark roast black. So it's like a two, it's a $2 cup of coffee. And if you can just donate me a couple bucks per month, uh, makes a huge difference in, in what I do and helps me uh, come here. It is a job for me. It's time I spend. And if you dig what I uh, do here, then yeah, if you want to do that, otherwise reviews, uh, especially of the new book, I could use some reviews on Amazon, um, on iTunes and everything else and word of mouth, but you can always email me podcast at Sid Garza Hillman podcast at Sid or you can uh, come visit the Stanford Inn. I run the wellness center there and, uh, you can find me there and, and say hi. Okay. All right, you guys until next week. Um, let's see. I was trying to think of a new thing you could do. Oh, I know. Yes, yes, yes. Until next week. Be well.
I can't see beyond the things around me And here I am pinned down by consequence By consequence By consequence By consequence By consequence I can't 